welcome to the ABCA's podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Brownlee. Welcome to the ABCA's mini-series, Father and Son. In this series, we cover the coach-player and parent-child relationship through the eyes of the coach and their sons who played for them. This is a truly unique relationship, and this mini-series should be of value to any coach, parent, or player. Thanks for tuning in, and please enjoy Father and Son. Today on Father and Son, we sit down with ABCA Hall of Famer Ed Blankmeyer and his son Ty. Ed was an assistant at Seton Hall for 15 years for legendary coach Mike Shepard. He was also the head coach at St. John's for 25 years before taking on a new challenge, moving on to professional baseball as the manager of the New York Mets affiliate Brooklyn Cyclones. Ty played at St. John's for Coach Blankmeyer from 2012 to 2015. After that, he played professionally for the Cincinnati Reds and now scouts for the Milwaukee Brewers. Welcome to Father and Son. Here with Ed and Ty Blankmeyer. Appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, I've known both of you guys for a while. I remember watching Ty when he was coming out in high school and Ed and I would be at uh, down in Georgia or some areas talking about it. So I uh, appreciate you guys jumping on with me today. Great to be here. Yeah, great, great to be here. Good. And I, I'll direct questions at each of you. Uh, and we're talking father and son and just all aspects of it. And I just want to jump right in. And this is for both of you. What role, uh, growing up around it and being able to watch that many baseball games, what role do you feel like that helps in development? Um, for me, in development, I'll start as just a human being. Um, when I was young, I learned when I could and couldn't do stuff pretty fast. Like, you know, just being on the road or being in the dugout with uh, my dad and his team, you know, when the team's not playing well, it's not really a good time to act up. But vice versa, at the same time, you got to learn to be able to know when when the – when and how to control my control my emotions. So from a personal standpoint, it helped me develop pretty fast. And then from a baseball um, uh, standpoint, from what I'm doing now, it really um, I think it developed some instincts and it, and it, and it helped me um, kind of get that earn that Rolodex of players sooner. So I'm scouting now and being able to grow up in the dugout watching Todd Frazier play right now and watch him right next to your dad. And, you know, seeing little things like that, I could go on. But I think for development as a person, more importantly, it was it was huge for me because there's a lot of correlation between base, the game of baseball and life. Ed, what do you think? Yeah, from my perspective, uh, you know, uh, as, a, as a parent, you know, the, the, you're almost like two people. You're a parent and you're a coach or a teacher, whatever, whatever you want to uh, be involved with during his life and uh, what I kind of learned um, you know having an opportunity to be with my son is that I had to be able to separate both and uh, from a development standpoint uh, you know 
like all parents, you want your child to do well. Uh, you, you can't get caught up in the emotions of that as much. Um, when you are a, when you're involved with that young man, being a coach, you understand that from being a parent, sometimes not in our profession, you don't understand that. So you're able to separate that. And when I found that, uh, we kind of set parameters and, uh, I'm, sometimes I'm your dad, sometimes I'm your, I'm, I'm your coach and we have to be able to differentiate that, uh, during the course of our process. And I'm talking about developing, uh, Ty as a man and developing Ty as a baseball player. So I try to be able to separate one from the other. And it don't, don't get me wrong. We're human. They kind of, they, they get kind, kind of tangled up at times, you know, with the emotions and everything. But, uh, uh I thought from a learning in a development standpoint, uh, developing a player and developing my son, I think there were two different things, but one could, uh, one could help the other. And Ty, now that you're scouting, you know, and I had that in my notes, you've been watching games since you're a little kid and, and all of those go into your, you know, your, your memory of, okay, this is what a player looks like. This is what a player looks like. You know, how much is that helping you on the scouting side right now? Uh, it has tremendously. And, um, it, it, to the stand, I haven't, I've always thought like a, a coach or a player or even a scout, like going to games with him. So that's just the way my mind has always worked, even when I was playing. So when I was playing, it was probably my biggest strength and my biggest weakness because I had to learn to control that and um, channel that in a positive manner. But it, it has just like – and even just to be around guys like a Joe Panic or and just see how those guys went about their day-to-day, what they did that kind of separated themselves and – I've been able to apply that to scouting and, 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 it, and little by little I'm learning how much it's, it has helped me and how much it has um, correlated to some, some scouting work. And, and uh, I'm fortunate I was able to do that and just be able to talk baseball with a lot of great guys growing up. So that it really has, uh, it really has helped me. Ed, how early in the process recruiting wise, did you guys come to the decision that Ty was going to come play for you? Ironically, it was the early signing period. It was probably the last minute he decided to sign with me. Um, I was the same way. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I think, you know, you, you, your dad and I probably handled it the same way. Um, we allowed him to explore the option. I didn't recruit him. I'm sure your dad didn't recruit you. Yeah. The, the other coaches, the other people were, were doing the recruiting. The only way that I got involved was anytime there was a program that was involved, he may ask me, what do you think of this coach? Do you know anything about this facility? And I try to be as honest and, 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 and truthful and straightforward to him in that regard, but without trying to sway his decision, whether he would be interested in a particular institution or not. I let him play it out. And then I guess at the end, I guess maybe the, he, he just felt the most comfortable, you know, coming for me, but uh, he had opportunities uh, from some, some very very fine coaches and people. But uh, and you guys, so you guys hit on the the father son uh, player coach relationship. When did you start to set those parameters? Like, okay, here's how we're gonna have to to act. Um, you know, when did you guys really have have those conversations about here's the parameters that we're gonna have to set? Yeah, you know, from my perspective, I'll let Ty talk to you after this. The formative years, when he was involved in the Little League, he was around with me quite a bit. 
when I was involved in his Little League experience, the only way I would get involved is working with him personally. If I did coach his team, and it was one year I coached one of the one of his um, teams, I would just be the coach in practice, and I would not be in, involved in the game. But that we the, the parameters basically were started there. As he came uh, became a high school player, he played for his uncle at Seton Hall Prep. Uh, so I would let the uncle coach him, but yet when he wanted to work on his game, we work, we would work on it. Can I get some more ground balls? Can I take some batting practice? This is where the parameters really became, became really, really started because, you know, now we're talking coach or father here. You know, we, 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 we you got to clarify that, you know, if I see something and I'm telling you how to do something, and we're bucking heads. It's because of the baseball, not because I don't love you. Uh, so, and then obviously in college, it got even stronger because, you know, now he's, now he's, he's played for his uncle. Now he's playing for me. And, you know, all eyes are watching. And, and from, from, a, from a parent standpoint, any parent, and you've been through it, Ryan, uh, that, you know, to, to me, it's, 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 it was a great experience. Not that we're in some ups and downs. Uh, but it, but it was certainly a great experience. But being able to separate the dad from the player at times became tough. And I look at it from a standpoint: there are three different type of players. It's the player that obviously maybe he's on the team, but everybody knows he's not going to play, or he is not a threat to playing. Yeah. Then you get the superstar that everybody knows he's going to play, and there's no question. Most of us. We're on that fringe, and we're cut, and and dad is getting evaluated as a dad and a coach, and the player is getting evaluated with his teammates, and is you know at times there could be a little animosity, so that that's the tough one, that middle person. So we we work through it, and uh, I I, I uh, and yeah, I think you can attest to this. Uh, it was a, to me, it was the best four years of my life as a coach. And Coach Hampton was with you forever. How much did he help in that process when you're coaching Ty? Yeah, he was involved quite a bit. Um, Scott Brown was with us. He was involved quite a bit. Corey Biscara, uh, you know, they basically kind of held the fort together for me. Yep. Because you know, it's it was it's tough to come see me uh, and and discuss things because I had to make that final decision. And quite frankly, I probably didn't give him give him enough playing time. It was tough on him. Yep. I mean, I I didn't want to be one of those type of guys and put put him in, put him. He earned it. He earned it and probably um, should earn more of it. Ty, talk about your mom's role in all this. Talk about during the recruiting process and then, you know, while you're playing for your dad, talk about your mom's role in all this. I mean, she was um, she was the, the savior of it. I mean, there were times where it's not easy, but her lens and her perspective was always so clear what really is important and not being able to keep my – not making sure I don't, my judgment's never clouded. Um, and just being someone that every time you called when it wasn't going well, you know, there were some bumps in the road, she'd be able to, to, to kind of get you straight and on that, on that uh, clear-minded path. And I really needed that. So without her, I mean, I, 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 um, she was a key cog in all of this. So, I mean, it was a blessing. Um, and, 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 it's kind of like she played behind the scenes, you know, she never wanted to, you know, make it known, but like she was a key part of it. I think for both of us, um, cause it, it, there was times where it's not easy. Um, 
but that's, you know, the game of baseball, the game of life. So, um, and in the recruitment process, neither of them, um, really forced me to do anything. Um, I had some good opportunities and he went on all the visits and it was just like another dad, you know, I mean, maybe it intimidated some of the coaches that were there, but I mean, it, it often inspired a good baseball conversation and, uh, we were on our way. Um, I think I remember there was a key point in my recruitment process when Scott Brown had called me and kind of just, it, he didn't talk anything about baseball. I just talked about life. He's just saying like how quickly time goes by and life is, and you know, the, the opportunity that you can have just being with your dad every day. And, and at the time, you know, it wasn't, it, that's not what my center of my decision was about, but in hindsight, it was the most valuable part of my decision. Um, because a lot of times as coaches and scouts and people in baseball that have sons, they don't, they're not allowed, they're not around a ton because they're on the road. They miss little league games. They miss key moments of their lives. So in a way I got all that back yep. at practice every day. And it might've been hard sometimes, but I got all it back and I, I cherished every moment of it. And I don't regret a single part of it. I think it's the first time you actually get to see that perspective and that side of your dad that you, you miss a little bit growing up. But it's a, it's a wonderful time because you now realize, you know, why he was the way he was. And, um, you know, those are moments. And you do appreciate it much more once you're, you're done playing because you're mm -hmm. able to look back and be like, you know, I was with him every day. And there's probably not too many kids in general that can say that, that they are with their parents every day because they're not with their parent in a working environment. Um, and now, you know, Ed, with your transition from the college side, you're in the college game forever. Talk a little bit about that transition. And then, Ty, talk about some of the conversations that, that you guys had uh, when your dad was going to go through that process to, to go to the pro side. Ryan, um, first, uh, the college game uh, is, is at the all-time best. Obviously, under the current circumstances, you know, this is, this is uncharted waters here, but um, – uh, you know, starting with Dave Kylitz to Craig Kylitz, the APCA, what they've done has been just unbelievable. Um, spreading the word of baseball, uh, the game of baseball at the collegiate level, the game of baseball in general, is, 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 it's, it's at the all-time best. Um, I had a great experience as an assistant coach. I was blessed to be an assistant coach at Seton Hall for 15 years under Mike Shepard. He allowed me to grow a Hall of Fame coach. Um, and since passed, uh, but, and then I had my opportunity to be a head coach. So, uh, first thing I would say to any young coach coming up, it's not bad to be an assistant coach for several years yep. during your, during your spurts. Sometimes you get, you know, get to that head position too fast and you're not ready for it. But, uh, I was blessed to have Mike Shepard to allow me to grow in, the, in, 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 in the profession. And then obviously I moved over to St. John's and, uh, you know, and that program has been a story program. We've had uh, we have three Hall of Fame coaches at, at St. John's, starting with Jack Kaiser, who's on the board, Joe Russo, and of course I was lucky enough to be inducted on, in 2018. But I just felt, for me personally, um, it was nothing against the game of college baseball. It was nothing against um, St. John's. I love the place. They've done a lot for me, my family. It was just a new challenge. Uh, it's a new challenge. I wanted to do something different. I've always been intrigued by the pro game. Um, and I figured I'd take a run at it while uh, I have hair on my head, I guess. So, 
with that being said, you know, my son Ty has been involved in the, co- in the pro game for a while, and he gave me his perspective too. And we went back and forth on this, but uh, I just, you know, I'm, I'm a person that you know likes to climb some different mountains at times. Yeah. So, and my pam- I mean, my family allowed me to do it. Ty, what do you feel like is the biggest difference between the pro side and the college side? Um, I would say the development and the routine. Uh, I think in the NCAA, there's some restrictions and you can't do as much from a physical standpoint and the routine's different. You know, there's no class, there's, you know, there's, there's, um, there's less friction in terms of that. So I think when you're pro, you're able to be, um, you're able to have the, the freedom to be more disciplined and center your livelihood and your focus around baseball. And at some times, and in college, it's not easy to do that, especially there's some um, challenging uh, institutions that, you know, sometimes the priority can't be baseball. And that's fine. You know, I, um, I would say that's the biggest difference from what I noticed. Um, hey, that freedom, think, that freedom on the pro side, do you feel like that's what gets guys out of the game maybe quicker is because there is so much freedom with the pro side? Yeah. So I think um, – I think what it comes down to, and you talk about um, high school guys that come to professional baseball or college, that whole thing, because this kind of ties in, is the ones that are able to discipline themselves and have a better um, routine and better process, they're the ones that can usually go and handle pro ball and do pretty well. Um, not to say those guys can't don't, don't go to college and do well too or vice versa. I think that level of uh, discipline and being able to um, – be your own best coach in a sense goes a long way. So I think that's what, on the, on the other side of that, that's what college does really well is it teaches those kids how to discipline themselves and in a way become a professional and, and kind of monitor their development in that sense. And there's a lot of great coaches that assist with that in those three, four years. What were your guys' biggest challenges during the college days you know, on both sides? Ty, is your side as a player and then Ed, your side as a coach, what were the biggest challenges? Uh, my biggest challenge was, I mean, came from me personally, is like I wanted it so bad, and at times I wanted it, looking back for the wrong reasons, I wanted it to make my dad proud. Yep. I wanted it, you know, because I love St. John's. I was grew up in the dugout. I wanted it for those reasons as opposed to wanting it for the love of the game. You know, sometimes you, I forgot my why. You know, I, I, I didn't. I didn't have that um, clear vision of why I played baseball, just like a little kid in Little League, man. I, that, like those are sometimes it's hard to get to that place. Um, and um, through those challenges and stuff, you, I ultimately learned that there's in baseball there's so much out of your control. So I mean, just being a good teammate, working hard, keeping your nose down, and just you know the game rewards you on its time, sort of speak. And, and it certainly did. So I think the biggest challenge was just to be able to uh, channel my emotions in a, in, a, in, a, in a positive manner, but remember my why and not do it from my father, just do it for the love of the game. Cause that's, that's what it's about. We all play this game because we love it. You know, we don't play for anybody else, you know? So I think once you do is that's when you learn you're playing for the wrong reasons. Was there a year that it clicked for you? 
I mean, I think we all put pressure on ourselves as freshmen, especially. Was there a year that it, that it clicked for you where, where it did start to slow down and your perspective was a little bit better? Uh, yeah, so once I, like, really accepted what my role was, I was never really an everyday player at St. John's. Um, but I think my junior year is when, you know, it clicked for me. And I, I, was at, I had a couple different roles, and I just t- took ownership in those roles. And whatever it may be, I just wanted to help the team win. I wanted to win a Big East championship because that's what it was about. And I think once I accepted my role is when it clicked for me. And then going forward, it, it all became a little clearer my senior year. Then it really became clear just as an individual when I went into pro ball and just noticing that, like, in this game, there's little you can control. So you have to be good at what you can control. So I'd say that junior year is when it really clicked for me. And um, um, I'm blessed to that, that same year we won, a, we won a championship. So that was pretty cool. Ed, and, and you probably saw that too. I, I've, I felt like junior year was probably the year outside of a coach's kid. I think that junior year is where it clicked for, for most guys. Uh, you really felt like that third year in the program, they probably were going to have everything figured out at that point. Yeah, you know, you, you hope it, it clicks by that time. Um, in Ty's case, and I think in most uh, young men that plays for their dad, uh, I think that the trap they fall into, it, they're not playing for themselves. They're trying to do so well because they want to make their dad happy. And, uh, you know, he has to make a decision. He wants They want to make their dad look good. And I think he get caught up in that trap. And, you know, I'm sure your dad and I both, when he watched you hit, and, you know, he's, he was a dad too. You know, he's, he was taking it back with you, but he's also concerned about, hey, what are we doing here to win a ball game? What is my boy doing? So you, you run into that thing. Uh, just to reflect on some of Ty's experience, it did click in, and Ty was starting. And I'll, I'll just tell you a story that was, uh, you know, you know, uh, uh, you know, we'll be talking about. It's clicking. We we're playing, and uh, Ty was kind of rotating. I had a couple of guys rotating in there, um, and all of a sudden, one guy took off. Okay, you know, you know, he kind of was doing the job a little bit better than the other two guys including him, and I don't know, we're riding on the way home, and he, he brought it up. He says, hey, Dad, you gave me a chance. He says, what do you mean? Because he, he started a ball game in midweek. He says, no, you gave me my chance. Now it's about winning ball games. If you find a role for me, I'll find a role for me. Yeah. And that's like, whoa, yeah. whoa. And it put me back on my heels, so to speak. So he ended up doing some pitch running. He got some at-bats, pinch hit, and he played sparingly. But – you know, just because of the way he approached it, here we are playing in a Big East championship game. Okay, the game's 5-5. We get a runner on, uh, we get a, a base hit, and I think in the eighth inning or something. And um, so I pinch hit, uh, I pinch ran for him. He runs for the guy. We go to bunt him over. The bunter fails. Okay. So what happens? We got to steal the base. So we have a good hitter up. He steals the base. They walk the next guy. Okay, now it's first and second. The next guy hits a double. Now the game may have not have if he was thrown out, we knew, we may we may not have won that Big East championship. Yep. So what did I do? I brought him into the to the uh, to the press conference afterward. I said this guy won the game because it was one thing, you know. So you know I had to reward him for what how he approached the maturity of it and he approached the whole situation this season. And obviously he ditched it and he did, 
moral to the story, he did start his senior year. He was a starting second baseman, and he, he gets a handmade bone. He basically ends the season. So, uh, you know, good things happen to people that do the right things. And Ed, you talked about it earlier. I think before all the coronavirus stuff, baseball was in a great place. How can we continue to help the game of, of baseball? In the current situation, I think what we're doing is great. I think there has to be interaction. Um, I think the, the players, uh, you know, I know there's social distancing and that type of stuff, but, you know, you keep your body in great shape. Gosh, Ty and I go outside every day and throw for 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, we, we throw. I mean, so you can keep your arm in good condition. Um, obviously, you're not going to get the game reps you like, but, you you know, in a, in a small area from a player's perspective, you can work on a lot of skills. So there is something you can do both as a player and a coach to get better. And I think for the coaches, you know, this is a lot of downtime, but there's a lot of learning to be done. The, the podcasts that are out there, the information that's being displayed, you can become a better coach, and that's what the ABCA is all about. Ed, you talked about being an assistant for 15 years, and I was an assistant for 15 years also. What about that experience helped you then being a head coach? You touched on that a little bit, but talk a little bit about being an assistant for all those years and then how much that helped you as a head coach. Yeah, from an, from an assistant's perspective, um, you know, I got a chance to do a lot of different things. Yep. I was the head of recruiting. Uh, I, I work with the pitchers. I work with the hitters. I work with the infielders. I work with all different areas of the game. I was involved in a lot of the administrative things. I had my hands on everything. That's what one of the things that Mike Shepard allowed me to do. He allowed me to dabble in all the areas to gain the experience. Okay, and he let me go. And then he, every once in a while, he'd have to corral me to bring me back in. But uh, you know, I think to learn by doing is much better for your preparation to become a head coach. You've done all these things, and it gives you the confidence to move on. And it certainly sets your parameters and prepares you better from an administrative standpoint and a preparation standpoint in all facets to become a head coach. What were your biggest challenges going from an assistant coach to a head coach? Biggest challenge is making that final decision in my book. Okay. you got to make the call. And, uh, you know, you do the best, and that's why I think experience behind the scenes. And when I say when I was behind the scenes, I was running the offense. Okay, I was making pitching decisions. He would allow me to do these things, so I was better prepared. To, and it, it wasn't the first time when I was the head coach that I was doing these type of things. Uh, but bottom line is making the decisions, and more more importantly, um, I, I think we we lose sight. Everybody gets so. Con so consumed in success and winning and instead of being running a, a, a good program and doing right by the players. It's about the players, not about how many championships you win. It's not how many, you know, that's, that's, that's a measure of success and don't get me wrong, but the bottom line is, is how many good people can we produce? For parents uh, that are listening in, a couple tips for them, you know, Ty uh, from the, the, child perspective and then Ed from the parent perspective what can really help a parent out there that maybe is coaching their kid for the first time I would say the the ability to you know know that like in terms of baseball this isn't an easy game it's a simple game but it's it's not an easy one so to really make sure they play for the right reasons that if it all stems from the love of the game um, 
and, and nothing's forced because I think that it, it's going to establish an authentic relationship with the game and what they're doing and ultimately make them strive to do more. Um, and just know like that they care. I mean, if they want to, there's so many great Reese's that the ABCA puts out and stuff that they can really dig into and, and help uh, aid their kids' development. So I think those would be the main things that the parents can do to really support their kids' careers in baseball. And from my perspective, first and foremost, is let the, let the, let the kid be the kid. Be a kid. Uh, for the younger parents, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm adamant that I don't think a seven-year-old should be playing 80 games of baseball. I want them to be, an, you know, let them enjoy being a young man. Let them play baseball. Let them play all the sports because what you're seeing now in the development stage of an athlete is they want athletes in baseball not just baseball players and right and, and learning skills. I think the best athletes are the ones that are able to develop better in our game. Um, from a supportive standpoint, support them, support them in the best way possible and let, don't force, force them to do anything. Let their desire and passion uh, show. And then you support that passion as best you possibly can. And uh, let them be themselves, meaning, uh, you know, everybody wants to get a Division One scholarship and every be a professional baseball player. There's only going to be there's only one Mike Trout out there. Um, so, um, from a standpoint of supporting that that young man, allow him to be himself, support him to be the best he can be. If that's the truth, if, if that's the path he wants to go and be a baseball player, let him be the baseball player and let them play the game of baseball. Don't get caught up in what is what is best. Get caught up in what is best for your child. That's what I always look at. I want to go and play at the best place in the world. Uh, you know, I want to go to USC. I want to go to Miami, wh wherever it may be. But that might not happen. And he may not be that good. Okay, or maybe, maybe get him into a situation that is best for him, that has support he needs, so he can grow and enjoy the game of baseball. Because you never know what's going to happen. Once you start playing this game, you don't know. Ty, do you have any favorite memories growing up being in the dugout? It was, there's a, a lot to the pranks. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, like that, that kind of stuff. It's, uh, you never forget being on the bus rides. I, I mean, when I was young and he used to bring me on the trips, I thought it was the best thing in the world, yep. man. I mean, but just being able to be, be to, to grow up like that, because you grow up pretty fast and, and you learn uh, how to handle yourself. So, I mean, the, the greatest memory of growing up in the dugout was anytime they had won the Big East or just anything like that was really, really stuck out to me. So I, I can't pinpoint it, um, but it, it was really cool just to be a part of it and grow up in, in, in the dugout because, I mean, it was a great existence, man. I mean. I wish that every kid had the opportunity to do it because it was it was awesome. Ty, what's your take on the ABCA convention? It's awesome. I mean, I, I um, talked to a lot of guys my age trying to get in the game. and I think a big part of it is your, your, the network and the people you come across and the like-minded individual put you in the proximity of people that are doing what you're doing or doing what you want to do or, and, and – Ultimately, every year I, I come back inspired because there's somebody uh, learning something or teaching you something that that you never knew before. And, um, you know, it's you walk around and, you know, there's just 
the constant of people you may know or people you want to know and everybody's so open to share to help i think that's the the greatest thing about it so like for young coaches or just coaches in general it's it's the greatest resource to me to to really grow yourself in the game and i saw you briefly because i was running around like a chicken with my head cut off but the neat thing for me was to to see how happy kevin mcmullen was to see you at the convention honestly (laughs) like that that's the great thing for me is you see dads with their sons and you know you just see the interactions with the guys that, that they know. And I, that was neat for me to be able to just sit in there and watch you guys interact. And, you know, Ed, you've been doing that part of it for a long time. And, you you know, you, you compliment the ABCA, but you have a lot to do with that as well. So can you talk a little bit about, like, how proud you are of how the organization has grown? Uh, let me tell you, uh, I, I guess the word I want to use, Ryan, it's a brotherhood. Yeah. That's what it is. It's a And, um, you know, uh, starting back, you know, Jack Kaiser got me involved, and um, Dave Kylich was kind enough to, uh, you know, let me be one of the uh, venture board members, the vice presidents and chairs that I worked my way up through it. I was blessed to be able to work under Dave's regime for a couple of years, and then, then when Craig took over, I was, I was, uh, I became the president at that time. So I was able to to work with it under both regimes and. Um, that was my I mean, favorite part of the convention, being on that side of it, was being in the board meetings, honestly, being interacting with everybody. And I, I've known a lot of guys in that room, but I really hadn't had that interaction with everybody. So that was the, the greatest thing for me was being in the board meetings. Yeah, that's, that's a special group. And um, those, those guys in that room, they really paid the dues and they, yep. they kind of you know, set the course for this organization. Um, and, uh, you know, Dave Kylis, I can't speak <laughs> – He's, you know, he, to me, he's the best. And, um, he said, he, he set that bar and, uh, and of course, Craig is, you know, his son is, is really, really doing an outstanding job. And, um, uh, look at, look at where, look at, look at where this place has gone now. Uh, like I said, when I first, when we first started talking, this, this place is a, in, in a great place. The learning that goes on. Okay. The, 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 the expo theater. Uh, the displays, I mean, it's just, it's, it's first class. It's really everything that you would want as a coach. It's really everything that you would want. It's, it's grown so much. It continues to develop and we're, we're still tweaking things, but it really is everything that you would want as a coach. And you're going to come out of there with, with a couple things that are going to help you, whether it's on the equipment and the technology side, or it's just on the the coaching side of it in, in general. And here's the other thing that's really branched out, and you probably caught, caught, caught eye of this. Not just – it's not the college and the high school. You're getting pro people there, and a lot of them, yep. because they know this is good content, and there's some, you know, some talented people that they can network with and eventually maybe move over to the pro side. So I think it's, it's, it's good for baseball in general, not just college baseball, high school baseball. You, it's good for everybody. And I know we're all pressed here with, with other meetings, but anything else you guys want to add in before I let you go? No, I just um, thank you for having Ty and, Ty and I on. Um, I just think right now we have to very, be very positive in this crazy time. Uh, it's going to, you know, it's, it's going to come to pass and we're going to be out there playing baseball uh, hopefully sooner than later. But um, 
for those out there, you know, just keep the faith and, uh, you know, continue learning. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited for when, when this, all this, uh, clears up and people are going to have a newfound, uh, inspiration and love for the game. So, I mean, it's a, it's a great opportunity to learn and, and, uh, develop as a person and are a baseball mind. So, um, this, this time is still valuable. Last thing, Ty, you know, and you're on the scouting side. So for players that are listening in, talk about some of the conversations you're having with coaches on makeup of guys' makeups. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's probably some of the most conversations you have um, because you, I think that's the biggest separator. And, you know, I ultimately say like the ability to, to have those relationships that you get from the ABCA and, and ask questions about a player. And, and usually they give you the complete honesty. And, and that goes a long way because at some point talent becomes, I wouldn't say irrelevant, but it becomes uh, neutral in the sense where it, the mind is the separator. So I always like talking to the kids, but then getting the coach's perspective, see if he's a tough minded individual, if he's, is he able to stay present, you know, you know, what kind of work habits does he have and, and stuff like that. Because ultimately, when you're a professional, that's what's going to separate you from the guy to the left or right of you. So, I mean, there's a lot of coaches that I talk to almost on a daily basis just to, you know, whether it's about baseball or whether it's about their prospects, just to kind of get the feel of where what they think of them. And, you know, it's um, it's it's probably the one of the most important things I'm doing right now, but not only now, it's just one of the most important things of the job. You know, it's amazing that, you know, you get phone calls from different coaches about, yes. you, you coached your son. Yep. Give me your feedback. So I yep. mean, I, there were several phone calls that I yep. kind of reached out and people have reached out to me. You know, you always go through that because you want to make sure you're doing right for your child. Exactly. Is it the right, is it the right move, right decision? And, you know, more times than not, the the child stays in place for the dad. Yes. More, you know, way more times. I mean, I there's, there are times that maybe, um, you know, that young ch- that child may be a superstar or something. He signs or, you know, plays at a real high level, you know. But most of the time, they stay stay close to the nest, so to speak. Yeah, and I... I- I looked at four other schools and I didn't decide till after I graduated from high school, we were still playing. So we're in the middle of a state championship run my senior year. And I'm still trying to figure out where I'm going to school and we're in the sectionals. And I finally decided, I was like, you know what? I'm going to Evansville and nobody in my family wanted me to go to Evansville. My dad wanted me to go to Bradley because he wanted to go there. My brother wanted me to go to Vandy because it was an SEC. My mom wanted me to go to all the way to Portland and, I was the only one in the family to decide to go to Evansville, but it was the best decision that I made to, to yes. play for my dad and my brother. You know, I had the added pressure of playing for my brother as well, uh-huh. but I ended up being good because of my brother. Uh, you know, it was easier playing for my dad, but playing for my brother was was difficult because you have that <laughs> sibling rivalry where you, he and I banged heads just about every day at practice and during games. He and I would would go toe to toe, but I was a better player because of it because he never let me get complacent. Even when things were going really good, he was always poking at yeah. me to try to keep me going. So it kept me kept me driving forward just to kind of prove to him, you know, whether it's right or wrong, we have those those extra pressures because you're playing for family members. I kind of needed that as a, as a player to just keep me 
driving and making sure I didn't get complacent. Yeah, yeah. And in Ty's case, I, you know, I think it's at times he wanted to do so darn well. Yes. Kind of, kind of back. And yes. the funny thing is when he went, went away to play pro ball, I said, I'm saying, who's that guy? Yeah, you exactly. Know? He just relaxed and played. Yep. And, you know, and I think that's that's the emotional control sometimes you learn. And sometimes you learn too late. But uh, yep. everybody's different and handled their own ways. All right. Well, thanks. We'll stay at it. I'm actually interviewing Pete Savage here in a little bit. So that's uh, John's brother. He was on okay, the, cool. the live cast and the leadership live cast was good. You know, Corbs was on there and um, Pete got going on some things, but really couldn't dive into it. So I wanted to, to touch base with him again so he can dive in a little bit more on the high school side because he's got some really good core covenant stuff mm-hmm. that guys will guys will want to hear so i'm ex- i'm happy you know I, I think the tuesday nights things were came at the right time you can tell some people are starting to get maybe burned out a little bit on the zoom stuff but i, I think with the panel because there's so many different guys on it i think it's worked out really well and jr's yeah. done a, a great job no no it is it is and you know you have um you have sheets doing his thing on yeah ball. yep I mean, there's a lot of content out there. You have uh, what's that? COVID coaches for COVID. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tanner Swanson. Yeah, you got Pete Caliendo doing his thing. Yep. Uh, and Pete, you know, so. Yeah. Yep. You get you get get, get, get sits. It, there's there's content out there, but like like I do, I say oh, okay, let me let me back off a couple of days. Well, yeah, you yeah. got to take a break because you can yeah. you can get run down from it, and the main thing is implementation. You know, there's so much great information out there, but then how do you implement it? And that's yeah. the most important thing with coaching is you can know all the stuff in the world, but implementing it with your team, your program, and the guys that you coach, that's the most important thing. Yeah. And that's yes, similar that's to the good. to the convention as well. You know, there's going to be so much great content, um, but what do you really pick to then implement in with your guys and, and your program? And that's the most important thing. You know what I find, and, and this is crazy, you have, I mean, and, and back when I was with Dave, you just had the main stage. Yes. Now you have the main stage, which is, okay, you have the theater. You have the, you, if the main stage, you always have, you always had the breakout. Uh, you have, so you have the theater and you have the youth thing. You got a lot of things going on. It's like, where do I go? Where do I go? Yeah. So it's almost like information overload for me. I said, uh, so I, what I have to do every day is I sit down, okay. I don't. I don't want to blow myself up. I'm going to go here, and exactly. kind of put a little schedule together, and, and, and prioritize what I really want to see. Well, and the great thing is yeah. everything's everything's filmed now, so you don't have to rush. Yeah. You know, in the past when it wasn't filmed, you scrambled so much to try to get everything in. Where now that everything's filmed, you don't have to be in as big a rush with everything. Yeah, and that library is great. You can go back. Yes. Right on your right on right on your membership. You go in anything you want to go review or what it's there. So yep. you have you have great content that never happened before. Exactly. So exactly. and the other thing to, to me, which you know you 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 know as well as I do, hey man, you get you you walk from one place to another. You you ambush with people all the time. You can't you almost can't get to the convention hall. You stop and talk to eight guys on the way in there. Oh, by the way, it's it's done. So, and, and that's what it's, you know, that's what it's all about to me. It's that interaction because you, you don't get a chance to do that. Exactly. You know, you don't, this, this is the only chance you really get to do that. 
uh, you know, okay, you're going to play a three-game series. You're going to interact with that coach, one coach, or the assistants, et cetera. But this is, uh, it's like, it's, it's a networking overload. You know, you're trying to spend time with, the next person wants to talk to you. You know, it's, 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 it's wild, but it's good. It's cool. Ty, I'm happy cool. for you that you're still in baseball, too. It's awesome. I, yeah, no, I, I love it. it. Cause we need more of that, you know, with your generation, you talked about that. We, we've got to continue to develop the, the younger guys and keep them in um, because they do have other, other opportunities and financially it's probably going to be a better opportunity in the beginning to maybe be outside of baseball, but we need to keep the, the younger guys in it because that's going to keep driving the game forward. Yeah, too. that's for sure. Yep. He's, well, he was, he's been at every convention since he was whatever. And I was going to ask awesome. uh, was, Gonna ask Litchfield for it. Too. He needs his twenty-year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for sure. All right. Thanks. Well, have a good meeting, Ed. All what right, what are they talking thanks, with? Thanks, what are you guys talking Enjoy. with? With you guys? Organization I, I, meeting. I, I, they have Zoom meetings. I have one with. I'm involved with the Dominican Academy. Then I'm involved with. They, they, you know, they have either we have a coordinators meeting. It's you know, what else can you do? Yeah, Justin Tool played for me at Iowa, and um, I his he actually played for his dad in high school, and his brother played at Iowa as well. So I coached both him and his brother, and so we talked last week. But he was like, I, he's on the big league staff with the Indians. He goes, Ryan, I feel like I'm busier now than when we were able to get on the field just because of of all the Zoom stuff that's going on. You know the Zoom, and he's trying to stay in contact with the players, and yeah. It's crazy. Well, yeah, you can't let those guys get away from you either because you got to keep them going because, you know, if, if you don't have contact with them, then, you know, some you of those guys, them. yeah, some of those yeah. guys can get away from it. And <laughs> you're going to start playing again at some point. I'm just worried that guys are going to get injured. I, I'm yeah, just worried we're going to have a ton of injuries on, on the position player and the, the pitching side just because guys yeah. aren't able to get into that routine. And they're going to be so excited to get going again. Just yep. worry about guys getting banged up. And the thing is, you know, it is, you know, you, when you let you let your players go away for the winter, it's saying and doing. They tell you what they're doing. Exactly. Until you get in there, you don't know whether they did it or not. You, know, you, you, you can yeah. see them. You can just look at their bodies and the way they you can say, he, he didn't. He's telling me he was doing it, but he really wasn't doing it. And yeah. that's the discipline side of what Ty's talking about. You know, once you're away from them, I, I thought about this forever with the pro side. It'd be nice if they could pay those guys and pay them a, a 12-month salary because then in the offseason, they're basically at the complex working out mm-hmm. as opposed to going home. I don't know if anybody would ever pull the trigger on that, but it's yeah. almost like the with the minor league guys, it's almost like the academies on the soccer side in Europe where they have those academies set up where it is a 12-month deal for guys where they may not be playing, but they're at the academy in the offseason working out, eating right, you know, all the yeah. things that they're going to need to help them develop and become better athletes uh, just because they're under your thumb a little bit more. But I don't be neat to see an organization actually pull the trigger on that. Yeah, but, you know, I think right now Major League Baseball is going into that contraction mode. I know. And it's going to be more uniformity, meaning, um, you know, the, you know, the Yankees can't have 50 scouts and uh, yep. the Cleveland Indians can only have only at 25. Yeah, exactly. There, there, there's going to be some um, uniformity going on. And, uh, you know, they're going to they're gonna really cut this minor league operation down, which will help college baseball. 
Yes, it will help college baseball. Which will help college baseball. So um, I think college baseball is going to benefit from this. And they're starting to see what college baseball actually does. Look at the stars in college baseball and the big leagues now. Yep. A lot of college guys. I mean, so they're seeing, well, geez, why do I got to spend all this money on this kid as a high school kid when I could spend him, you know, closer to more of a short thing? So uh, this, this, there's a change of brewing. Yep. Believe me. In the next three, three, three years or so, you're going to see some some real changes in, in Major League Baseball. Yep. That's going to affect minor league baseball. That, to me, is going to help college baseball. Exactly. exactly. All right. Thanks, Thank guys. Thank you. Have a great Thank one. You. Appreciate it. Thank you. Baseball truly is America's pastime. We are all stewards of this great game. I'm so excited to shine a light on these unique perspectives. All of these guests show their passion and love for each other and the great game of baseball. This is Ryan Brownlee signing off for the American Baseball Coaches Association. Thanks for listening to Father and Son, and remember to leave it better for those behind you.